You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Where comedy and commentary collide. Thunder Talk brings a unique variety show style twist to the fandom podcast genre. We drop music from some of today's hottest up and coming artists. We discuss topics of social and political relevance and deliver our sideways take on the world at large. If stand up comedy, NPR, the Millennium Falcon, and classic MTV had a baby, it would be Thunder Talk. Thunder Talk is part of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and on all podcasting platforms. Hello and welcome again to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, The Monster, back to give you last week's sci-fi news starting this week. So, my apologies, but I think you'll be happy nonetheless with what I'm going to be talking about. So, like all sci-fi news podcasts, I have three big topics. First off, we're dealing with casting news as to who is in and who is out of the new Batman trilogy that is being directed by Matt Reeves. Next, I'm going to be talking about Star Wars news, and it's a lot. As I mentioned in the last Sci-Fi News podcast, there was going to be a new Star Wars trailer that was going to be released last Monday during the Monday Night Football game, and it never happened. I watched the whole damn, pretty much three hours worth of that game. No trailer, and I was really pissed. During the week, news came out about what's going on with J.J. Abrams, why that trailer kind of didn't come out, and I'll talk about that at length in that segment. But yeah, I understand what's going on to a degree. Again, just reporting what I'm reading, but I can understand putting things together that we may have some issues. So, And lastly... Brian Bendis, who is currently writing for DC, specifically for Superman, looks like he's going to be doing away about the secret identity. So I will be talking about, is it still relevant for characters like Superman or Spider-Man or any other Marvel or DC or superheroes that used to have secret identities? Is that still a thing that we should have? Let's put that aside and let's catch up on some news that I talked about in the last podcast. I went to great lengths to talk about the whole Blizzard Entertainment controversy when dealing with China. If you remember, Blitzchunk was the the winner of the game Hearthstone in an esports tournament. So because he said something to the fact about supporting Hong Kong, uh, because of what the, what's going on with the, their protests. Even though he won, he was stripped of the prize money, and he was banned for one year from playing that, that game. In a week, Blizzard has reversed itself by re-awarding Blitzchung the prize money. Because in their decision, and they've mentioned saying that 
There's no reason for him not to get the prize money because there was no cheating involved. He won the tournament fair and square, so that has nothing to do with the actions that he did. Again, all he did was just one. He was wearing a mask and kind of like what Hong Kong citizens are not told to wear anymore because that has now been banned, but also supporting Hong Kong as well. So the ban that was for a year has been dropped down to six months. So it's kind of taking a middle ground approach. Not that they're kowtowing to pressures from people here in the U.S., but as I mentioned, people who work for Blizzard were walking out in protest, and you had politicians also talking about that Blizzard Entertainment is an American company, and you need to have our American values upheld. But it gets really dicey when, again, you're operating overseas, you're playing by someone else's rules, and you kind of have to figure out how you're going to manage that to make the people in China happy as well as to make the people in the U.S. happy. And I think this is a fair compromise. I'm sorry that it it came to that point where you have to have this kind of backlash. But the issues with China is still a big thing. And uh, a side note, there was a movie that Quentin Tarantino did, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, because it has not been released in China. There was issues about the portrayal of Bruce Lee, specifically from his daughter, in which Bruce Lee is kind of portrayed as an egomaniac. So Quentin does not want to re-edit this movie to take that portion out. But then again, China is saying, well, we're not allowing you to play this in our market. You're, again, I applaud Quentin for standing up to China, but then the financial aspect is that you're not going to have that market open to you. And who knows if that will affect him in the future with further movies that he may be producing or directing. Is this something that you agree with? So let me know your thoughts about this situation in dealing with China. All right, so a couple other quick tidbits that I wanted to uh, bring out. First off, I saw the Joker last Tuesday. So again, again, I've been doing so many cool things with my podcast, but I have to take time out finally to see the Joker. And I will talk about that at length when Mr. Gene gets to watch this and then we get to actually record this. So I got to see that. And then this yesterday was the first episode of the Watchmen series. So... I will be recording that as well. So I'm trying to, again, there's a lot of things that I'm doing and trying to watch materials and and, and just kind of comment on that. But it's a lot of work that goes into making these podcasts. So, But let's put that aside. If you happen to be in New Zealand, I'm not going to be in New Zealand anytime soon. But if you were, and if you're short or tall, missing teeth, and hairy, good news, someone wants to hire you, and that's going to be Amazon's Lord of the Rings series. So they're looking for people that fit that definition. So the only thing that I have uh, going against me is that 
I don't have hair, and I don't live in New Zealand. So I could have been in that series too, but no, I will not get there. All right, and lastly, the other news is that John Cho, who is the new Sulu in the 2009 Star Trek remake or reboot, got into an injury that shut down productions for Cowboy Bebop. So Netflix is producing a live-action series in which John is part of this, and he suffered an injury that I believe is involving his knees. So that looks to be anywhere from seven to nine months that production has shut down. They're waiting for John to get better. They have 100% confidence that, no, that's our guy. We're not going to recast or whatever. We want him. That's kind of cool on Netflix's part. And again, sorry that this all happened, and unfortunately things like this do happen, but it, it stands to the testament about the, the talents that John can bring to any project. So I'm glad that that's happening, or at least... I'm sad that this happened, but at least things are not moving against him. Just for the sake of, oh, we've got to produce this series regardless. So I'm glad that at least they're taking the time for that to happen. So, all right. So I'm going to go take my first break, and then I'll be back talking about, again, the casting news for the upcoming Batman movie. I'll be right back. Live from Chicken Town, this is the Flopcast, a podcast obsessed with comic books, Saturday morning cartoons, conventions, music, stuff from the 70s and 80s that nobody else remembers, and chickens. It'll be the silliest half hour of your week. You can find us at flopcast.net and on the ESO network. I'm the mayor of Chicken Town, and I approve this message. All right, so let's start off with. Who is not in this new Batman movie? A couple of weeks ago, Mr. Gene and I talked about Jonah Hill, who was in the lead or in the running to play the Penguin. The thing that he was looking for was a very big payday, which was $10 million. I completely thought that is just obscene. Like, if you're old enough to remember, in the original Superman, Marlon Brando, I think he got like a million dollars for the early opening minutes for his performance. And that was it. And that was considered to be extravagant. But you needed to have someone of that caliber to kind of play off Jor-El. And not to say that in hindsight... That was like the worst thing ever because it does pay off. It, it's, it is fantastic. There is, I think, like a, a good Jarrell, he does deliver that. So there's no beating that at all. When you put that in, in perspective, like when Jack Nicholson was brought on to do the Joker in a Tim Burton movie, considering that he's going to be on the screen a lot more than Marlon Brando, and of course, he has uh, he's a much higher caliber of an actor than Michael Keaton. You can argue, yeah, he does deserve to have that money. And it's well-deserved and well-received because Jack Nicholson really gave a great performance. Jonah Hill, on the other hand, 
even though he has done great work and he's done Oscar-winning performances, I don't see him, especially for this type of genre, to deserve that kind of high price tag. I would say, let like I said, you have your your reasonable base price, and take a percentage if that's the case, because you will get a lot more bang for the buck down the road if the movie is a big success. So I would have played it that way, and I see Jonah Hill. I can see him playing more of the Penguin rather than the Riddler, even though he has lost a lot more weight. The Riddler, in my mind, is someone who has to be not him. So, so it, it's it's not necessarily you want to do like a Jim Carrey type of vibe, but you can definitely go down that road. But Jonah Hill would never fit that role. So I'm kind of like, okay, that, that's understandable, and I'm glad that this is not happening. At the same time. At one point, Seth Rogen was kind of up for that uh, for that role for the Penguin, and I'm like, uh, the one thing my daughter said, and we we're kind of commenting, was that, you know, if you don't remember, like Burgess Meredith laughing, like the Penguin was like mah, 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 that kind of squawking. Well, you know, she said, well, it'd be kind of funny if you heard. Seth Rogen, you know, playing and and that role and laughing like he does. Yeah. All right. So I don't think that would work either. I think that will be a very big distraction to hear <laughs> laughing. Like I don't want to hear that. But the penguin is something that I don't think would work for him either. Now I would go with. What we saw on Gotham, and、oh, I forgot the actor's name. Sorry, but that actor, him portraying the Penguin over the years, over the five years, did a fantastic job.、Uh, one of the things I love was, was that you gave him a backstory that fits. Whereas, if you look at the comic side. He was more about the gadgets, like his umbrella can do all these different things. I don't see where Penguin is much of a threat, so that's my only worry about the Penguin. But when we put that aside, we do get Zoe Kravitz, who has kind of like minor parts, but noticeable enough that. Now that she's in the big leagues, so she has landed the role of Catwoman, and this is the third African American woman to portray Catwoman. The first one being Eartha Kitt, and yeah, I do have to mention Halle Berry was Catwoman in her god awful movie, which was a completely wrong take on that character. But nonetheless, Zoe is now Catwoman. I have no problems with her being African American because I thought Eartha Kitt was fantastic, and in fact, I thought she had a much more elegant flair about that character than, let's say,、uh, not necessarily Julie Newmar, but、uh, 
Lee Merriweather, I think, was kind of like, eh, it's okay. Whereas Julie Newmar kind of made her playful Catwoman really seductive. But Eartha Kitt really was just like, wow, I can, I can get into that. <laughs> so we'll see what Zoe can bring to her role. Oh, of course, uh, you know, not to say to, to take anything away from Michelle Pfeiffer and, and the Catwoman portrayal that she did in Batman Returns, but Again, as I mentioned before, I would love to see more diverse casting when it comes to superheroes, or in this case, to villains. We'll see how that goes. Uh, the other news that came out was that Michael Giacchino, who is the composer who has worked uh, like in on Rogue One, he's done Lost, he's done uh, the incredible soundtrack, he is also on board to score... And I do believe it's going to be the whole trilogy. So if that's the case, then I think that's a, a smart idea to kind of nail that in place. Because otherwise, you have someone coming in, kind of like a Ryan Johnson, comes up with a different theme and puts everything in what you did before. Uh, you know, aside, I, I like to hear that kind of continuity throughout. So I think that'll be a cool thing. And lastly, we have... Paul Dano, who kind of, he's a recognizable actor, not a standout performer in in sense like, oh, I can't wait to see him in his next movie. It's just like when he's in the movie, like, oh, yeah, he is really good. So the roles that he did today that, uh, that I remember was The Little Miss Sunshine and There Will Be Blood, which is another great performance that I thought he, he gave. So he is playing the Riddler. So again, not necessarily in my head like the, the Jim Carrey version of the Riddler or even the Frank Gorshin version, which is kind of a little maniacal at times with his laughter. But that's okay. Um, I, I think I want to see how he delivers that Riddler. And to go back to the Gotham, and, and this is kind of going back to the Penguin, Brian, uh, Robin Lord Taylor was Oswald Cobblepot. And then Corey Michael Smith is Edward Nigma, And I thought Edward Nigma, that performance by Corey, was also fantastic. And I love his story and how he evolved over the years for that character. If it's going to be something in which he can uh, evolve that character to where he is, in, you know, the Riddler that we know and give his own take, fine, I'll, I'll go on board with that. But my thing is that my feeling overall is that this is going to be like a batman year one ish so we do get another reset of the batman universe uh, that's my only worry because we already had that with the christopher nolan trilogy in which the first movie is called batman begins <laughs> which honestly when joel schumacher did his two movies i'm like no well, I'm, I'm done with Batman movies. And then when I heard, oh, my God, we're doing another Batman movie? This is ridiculous. Until Christopher Nolan did his version. And I'm like, it's fantastic. And I love what he was able to do with that and continue with two other movies that were also equally as good. Now, my only concern, again, are we going to see Bruce's parents get killed yet again another time? I'm tired of this. So much like in when Tom Holland did his Spider-Man movie, we're not doing another Uncle Ben got killed story. We 
already know that. And he made a comment that I can't do this to, to Aunt May you know, again or something to that effect. So with Batman, I'm in that exact same mindset. I don't want to see this be a retelling of that story on how he got the idea to travel around the world and become this smart fighter, this master assassin, this uh, whatever you want to call him, his upbringing to become the Batman. We've been down this road before. So I would just say, let's just start assuming that you know all the story, but this is this universe and how we're going to show you a different Batman, as Matt Reeves wants to do it, a more of a detective, film noir type story. So I'm down for that. I'm down for a different direction. But, you know, I, I want to see something a little different from these characters since we've had them for such a long time. I think it'll be justified to take things in a new creative direction, much like the Joker movie, which, you know, has nothing to do with the DC side. When it comes to the new movies, it's its own thing, and I love that for that. That's the kind of chance you should do and should be able to do. All right, so I'm going to take my next break, and then when I come back, I'm going to be talking about Star Wars. And oh boy, will I be talking about Star Wars. We are the Cigar Nerds, bringing nerdy sophistication and geeky indulgence on all topics, including movies, video games, science, and pop culture news, all from the Nerd Cave Cigar Lounge. Find us on iTunes, Stitchers, Google Play, and wherever fine podcasts are found, including esonetwork.com and cigarnerdpodcast.com. So fire up a cigar. It's time to get nerdy. All right. So now I'm going to be talking about Star Wars. So I mentioned earlier, last Monday, according to a tweet, John Boyega said from his agent that we're going to get a new Star Wars trailer released last week. As I mentioned, I've waited three plus hours just watching the game, waiting for that trailer to drop, and it never did. So he had kind of some backlash against fans that honestly... He doesn't know when it will happen, but it will happen soon. So just for everyone, just kind of relax. And fans are just kind of upset. Like, don't tell me to relax. It's it's a very uncertain time in the world of Star Wars. We are going to get a new Star Wars trailer tonight. Again, as the time I'm recording it. On tonight's Monday Night Football, so if you have ESPN, you'll be able to catch the game. And sometime during the halftime show, or halftime period, we will get a new trailer. And then tickets will go on sale for the next Star Wars movie. Over the week, that issue kind of came up, but not so much about the drop of the trailer. But when I heard this information... Now it's kind of putting things into a better focus. As you know, J.J. Abrams is back to do the ninth film. And there's an article that I was reading in Yahoo. This is a quote that he said in Entertainment Weekly. This is about bringing this to a close in a way that is emotional and meaningful and also satisfying in terms of actually answering as many questions as possible. 
unlike the TV series Lost, in which, you know, you would get from week to week questions answered and more questions posed. And even in the finale, you had some questions answered and not so much more questions posed, but just never really resolved. But it was okay to kind of leave things unresolved under those terms. The problem lies is that, again, as reports are being circulated, is that when J.J. was done with the initial shooting of the film, he went to Disney saying, basically, this is not going to please everyone. But Disney said, no, this movie has to be done to please everyone in that way. So he has gone back to reshooting and there are issues regarding test screenings in which there are six different endings, which kind of would be giving an idea as to why there was no trailer to the new Star Wars movie last week, because they still don't know, I guess, how this is all going to wrap up. Now, when it comes to test screenings, it's not unheard of that a movie does terribly. And that's fine, because sometimes you want to see, well, if I go with this version, how do fans feel versus that versus the one that we want to release? So it's not that it's a, a, a significant thing to say, we're in deep crap here because we got six different endings. I will say the six different endings is, is worrisome. Not so much, oh, we have to go back and re-edit stuff and just we'll make, we'll make it work. But on the mantra of this movie has to please everyone is going to be a very hard thing to do. Now, when you look at the original trilogy and then the prequels, at least the prequels kind of filled in some of the gaps or some of the things that were alleged to, like the Clone Wars. We finally saw the Clone Wars that was mentioned in the first movie, which is A New Hope, and we see that in uh, the second one, the Attack of the Clones. Or a little throwaway line that was mentioned in A New Hope where the Millennium Falcon was brought in and one of the Imperial officers were reporting to, I think, Tarkin about the escape pods being jettisoned. Now, if you look at the solo movie, we see the actual escape pod that was jettisoned in that movie because we see the Millennium Falcon in a much different configuration. And that kind of makes sense when you look at it in that kind of context. In these new sequels, other than Han Solo and, and Leia and Luke and 3PO and R2-D2, there's really not a whole lot of connection to the other two trilogies. So even though the last trailer had this homage to remember all the good times you had with Star Wars and showing all the greatest hits from the last two trilogies and then the other half was and now we're going to show you our movie. It was obvious what they were going with 
to kind of tug at the heartstrings and then give you something that like we're gonna wow you with this. I didn't feel that at all. So the latest thing that I heard also was that JJ is going back to reshoots up to like 75% of it being reshot. Which you look at Rogue One and know that backstory. You also know that movie had problems in which the ending was completely redone and almost redone like with a different storyline and how that all came together. And it came out fine. It was to me a Star Wars movie. One of the best Star Wars movies in a very long time. It was very satisfying and gave Darth Vader a, a moment of glory, if you want to call the people that he was killing a moment of glory. But it was such a beautiful thing to see on the big screen again. We've never seen Vader in that mode in a very long time. So JJ going back and having to redo this again and again and again. Yeah, this is a very big deal. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is not doing that gangbuster business that they thought they would get because they're not tapping into any of the original characters. So when we have this whole thing with Palpatine, I'm sure he's coming back because you hear him in the first trailer laughing at the end. And that's like, okay, so we're going to bring him back and possibly other characters, which I don't know if we're going to go into that realm like bringing back the dead or who knows that's ridiculous but if we go down this road we just going to have to wait and see how this movie plays out but it is a, a very crucial turning point i'm sure that the mandalorian when it airs next month on disney plus the mandalorian again from what i've seen on the trailers and the uh the star wars panels that they had in comic-con as well as for um the, the Star Wars convention, it looks fantastic. I have no worries about the Mandalorian. It's just that I don't see how you're possibly going to sew up in this last movie the thing that the two movies previous to this did not do. I didn't feel like you, you layered or you left something to be explored upon throughout these next two movies. So this movie has to do a lot of heavy lifting in order to bridge not only these three movies together, but the other two trilogies together. And I don't feel in my heart of hearts that it's going to be resolved perfectly. I think we'll be lucky that we won't hate J.J. Abrams even more, but when you have like a character like Rose from Last Jedi not be part of the toy merchandise which again is not moving as well because no one has seen this movie and if it bombs oh well there goes all that merchandise that's going to be you know due to the invisible hand down to a dollar the day after star wars comes out so it is worrisome and for me i've always said i'm never going to watch the last trailer because we've seen too much already of the movie I know I'm going to watch it anyway, so I'm, I want to be surprised. Tonight, I'm going to break that rule. <laughs> I really, really do, because I want to talk about the last trailer and see if what they're going to manage to put together is going to work. I'll talk about that reaction during the next podcast, but 
we'll see what happens. So I'm going to take my next break. And then when I come back, I'm going to be talking about the secret identities of superheroes. And do we still need them today? I'll be right back. We are the Metal Geeks Podcast. And on this show, we have heavy metal, comic books, video games, movies, theme parks, and more. Wait, wait, wait. Comics? Yep. And movies? Exactly. Video games? Yeah. Metal? Of course. How does theme parks fit in this? It just does. All of us Metal Geeks can be found at MetalGeeks.net. At Metal Geeks for Twitter. Metal Geeks on Instagram. And Metal Geeks on the Facey Space. You can also find us on iTunes. Subscribe today. Metal Geeks. All right. So the last of the big three sci-fi news for this week is going to be the topic about the secret identity. So... Brian Bendis is planning to have Superman be, I don't want to say outed, but he's not going to have a secret identity. So for the most part, remember from the comics and even in the movies, Superman was able to pretty much be Clark Kent as his alter ego with glasses. And in some cases, he would act a certain way to kind of make himself look nothing like or act like Superman. Christopher Reeve, I think, really does a fantastic job in which he portrays Clark Kent as a very bumbling character. And the part on his hair, if you notice, is completely opposite to Superman. So it's it does have a different feel. It's much more than just the glasses that you take them on, you take them off, you can't tell. Because I, I that was just a stretch of an imagination. I'm like, no, you have to kind of do more to say, I'm not that person. I'm not even like tall like he is because he's slouching down and he's kind of making himself to be you know, very uncharacteristic of what Superman would do. Although in one part, in a deleted scene from, I believe it was the second Superman, there was uh, a thing that Lois was looking at the paper, a picture of Superman in a newspaper, and looking at Clark at a distance and then kind of drawing on the glasses and the hair and all that. And then she does something stupid like, well, you're going to save me because I believe that you're Superman. And when she jumps out of the building of the Daily Planet. And of course, she doesn't die because Superman does save her, but he does this still as Clark Kent. And he kind of gently blows air up her direction to kind of cushion the fall. And she bounces off an awning and onto a fruit stand. And then he flies back up, looking down at Lois. And Lois is like, but I thought you were Superman. And, like, she almost died. And she kind of does that again with the thing at Niagara Falls. So it kind of makes sense that why is she doing this yet again? Right? So that's why that's a deleted scene. But in Lois and Clark, the TV series, there was a big thing between Lois and Clark in which the villain, I forgot the name, the guy with the villain, he kind of mocked Lois, which is played by Terry Hatcher. 
and he'd take the classes on and off and on and off and on and off. It's like, duh. And that became a thing that she felt like I'm like this joke. Like everyone else could see this but me. I can see I can see her point of view when it comes to that. But when you look at, let's say, the CW shows, everyone has a cast or everyone has a group that they know their secret identities. Everyone who is close to Kara or Supergirl, they know that she's Supergirl as Kara, Kara as Supergirl. Same thing with Oliver and Arrow. Same thing with Barry and The Flash. There is still a secret identity to a degree. So outside of that circle, yeah, they still wear the mask. With Marvel, when we look at the beginning of the cinematic universe with Tony Stark revealing that, yes, I am Iron Man. Because in the comics, Iron Man was the bodyguard for Tony Stark. And the two of them would be, that's funny. I never see Tony Stark and Iron Man in the same place at the exact same time. But here, they did dispel that. And goes back to like every other secret identity is that you want to protect the people that are close to you from harm because if the villains know who you are friends with or who your family members are with or who you're in love with then they become a potential target but then we've seen the storyline happen too many times like I want to be close to you as this person but as a superhero I can't involve you any further so they're always going to be at arm's length and we've seen that like in the Sam Raimi movies where Parker was, you know, not able to get to, let's say, the play on time for MJ because he's taking care of business as Spider-Man. Uh, he can't do certain things that he would like to do as a boyfriend and girlfriend because he has a responsibility to be Spider-Man. Now, in the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, in which of those you have not seen this quick little spoiler, there is a moment in which J.J. Jameson reveals that the fact that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, that was a great moment to have that be brought back. So do we still want to have that storyline of secret identities being still in comics or still being introduced into movies? If it's done right, like Batman... You need to have a mask. Spider-Man has a mask. So when the mask plays perfectly within the persona of that character, I think that works. The, the storyline that comes with, I have to keep myself separate from you, meaning I can't reveal myself, my true identity to the one I love, that's been played out. So that I can gonna do without that side. So... For Superman not to have a secret identity, which has been played for such a long, long time, and I think it has been revealed before to Lois, because obviously they got married and that happened. And But then comics is always kind of wishy-washy. They'll do something for a while, and then it'll be reverted back. Superman was going to lose his signature red underwear, and then that was brought back. So it's nothing new under the sun. I'm just curious to see where... Bendis is going to take the storyline further. 
with no need to worry about this whole secret identity. Does that make things easier for the character to not have a dual role? I don't know. That's that's definitely going to be an interesting angle to play with, provided it gets to be explored. So that's the main crux of that story. All right, so I'm at the end of my podcast for this week. So please let me know any of your thoughts and comments, anything that I spoke about. You can always email me at monsterstifyshow at gmail.com. Follow me on the various social networks. So again, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the TeePublic store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.